What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. All of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes, and all of our fantasy baseball content gets posted over there. So drop a follow if you will. We also have all the same, pretty much the same content at SportsEthos.com, minus the tweets that our guys send out during the day, my quick hit notes, things like that. You don't get if you're just on the website. That's why we encourage you to go to Twitter, make an account if you don't have one already, and check out the notes from myself, from all the people that are working on our team, and following Ethos Fantasy BB as well. Guys, I will say off the top, yesterday's episode, if you missed it, it was one of the best we have ever done. Highly recommend you go back and listen to it. We were joined by Nick Pollock. You guys know Nick as the founder of PitcherList, PitcherList.com. We were talking about some starting pitching outliers early in the season, guys who are doing better or worse than we expected. We talked about your Sandy Alcantara's, Alec Manoa's, and on the other end of that spectrum, guys like Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez. It was very fun because Mason Miller was making his debut. I took Nick away from watching that start. He still had it on in the background while we were recording the podcast, and he was giving us little updates on what he was seeing, what he thought of Mason Miller and his viability. So very uh, cool episode there yesterday if you guys have not checked it out already. Definitely be going and doing it. It is our most downloaded episode already in 24 hours uh, of all time. It is the most downloaded episode that we have ever done. Previously, the highest downloads we've ever gotten was the episode with Eric Cross from a few weeks ago, looking at rookies in 2023. The one with Nick shot past it in a matter of, I guess, about 12 hours. Yeah, not even 12 hours or not even 24 hours, excuse me, uh, shot past it to become our biggest episode. So very cool. Uh, go and add to that. Go keep listening to it because it was a great episode. Nick gave some great insights. But today, we are going to be talking about some news and notes. We are going to be talking about my notes from yesterday's games, of course. And then we're going to also talk about some general notes that have come outside of the actual games and just notes that we have from baseball today uh, as well and yesterday. And we're going to talk about some pitching streamers looking towards Friday's games. Now, we'll talk about some streamers for the weekend tomorrow, but for today, we're just going to talk about uh, some viable Friday options. But let's start off with the number one news of the day. It is the Oakland Athletics. It appears, not it appears, uh, they are gone. They they have purchased new land uh, in Las Vegas. They're going to be building a stadium in Las Vegas. This is not fantasy uh but this is probably the biggest baseball news of the day after we were kind of thinking that this was going to happen for quite some time now they had talked about you know building a waterfront uh stadium and they were trying to stay in oakland and they were they were essentially bullshitting the fans uh for a number of years talking about how they were trying to stay in oakland and you could kind of tell uh you know that just the way the team has performed the last couple of seasons they gutted the roster they traded every Every viable asset, pretty much major league asset on the on the roster. Uh, I think Ramon Laureano, I guess, is kind of the last one. And even you know, we're talking Ramon Laureano. We're not talking anybody who's really that great. But uh, they've traded pretty much everybody. Uh, attendance has been in the toilet for quite a while. It's a laughing. It's a running joke in in major league baseball that there's nobody who goes to A's game. So it's not really altogether surprising. Um, but it's just really, really shitty for Oakland sports fans in general. I tweeted this out this morning now. We've had three teams leave the Oakland area in the last five years. The Warriors left in 2019. They're still Golden State, but now they play in San Francisco. The Raiders, 
the Raiders did the same thing, and they went to Las Vegas. I don't know what it is about Las Vegas. You know, I've seen some things uh, that some people have said today that they don't expect it to go very well, that Las Vegas is, in fact, I forget what somebody called it, hot Milwaukee or something like that. It's not really, you know, the flashy destination that people might equate it with because of the casinos and the desert and, you know, being kind of, you know, a very fun area, a very famous area. It's not, you know, another Los Angeles or New York or one of those major cities. It's just kind of, you know, a hot desert. I don't know that it's going to be any bigger. I mean, it's a, maybe a bigger market than Oakland, sure, but I don't know how this is necessarily going to go for them. Still going to be an awful franchise in terms of, you know, the players that they currently have. Not much in terms of that much hope for the future. Mason Miller, sure, it looks really good. Uh, that's one pitcher. The rest of the roster looks atrocious. The team they're trotting out there every day is a joke. It is it is terrible. So far to start the season, they're 3-16. and 16. That's a total joke. So I feel bad for Oakland fans in general, not just of the athletics, but of you know people who live in Oakland and cheer for sports there because the last few years have been just awful for people in the area. So our heart goes out to them. It sucks, but I guess that's just something that happens in sports. It's you, you blame ownership, you blame the league, you blame you know I don't know who people else who else people are going to blame. It's a shitty situation, but. Um, I, there's nothing really else to say on the matter. I just wonder if Oakland fans are going to continue to go out to games. Uh, I saw, you know, uh, Casey Bubba talking about this on Twitter earlier, Eric Cross talking about it as well. Are people going to go out and continue to go to games or are they going to, you know, not spend another penny on the team as kind of a last way to, I don't know, protest, what, what's going on, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do if it was my city, if I would want to go, like if they're moving the Jays out of Toronto, if I would try and go to every game, or if I would say to hell with them and go to zero games, I don't know what I would do. Probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about some fantasy-relevant topics. I just thought that was something that was interesting to start off the show, that we actually know now uh, that Oakland is going to, in fact, be moving for sure. Let's talk Carlos Rodon. He has been shut down from throwing. He's going to have another CT scan and he will not throw for a couple of days. Now, I don't know how far back this is going to push the timetable necessarily. Um, it might, you know, another week or so. We already knew he was going to probably be middle of May. Maybe this pushes him to late May. He's down to 95% rostered in Yahoo leagues. You know, it's it's very few people who are going to have dropped him, but, you know, most players who are of that caliber just performance-wise, are 99% rostered. So we're talking about the shallowest of shallow leagues probably here, but I still don't think, despite the setbacks, that Carlos Rodon should be available anywhere, even in your, like, I don't know if you're talking maybe where you got a four-team league, maybe. Maybe you got a you know, six-team league or something. Even in a six-team league, I would say yes. Like, Carlos Rodon is somebody who should be rostered absolutely everywhere. He was somebody where I was thinking he was going to be a top-five pitcher this year if he had not got hurt. I still think that would have been the case. Can he still do it volume-wise? Maybe it'll be a bit challenging to rack up those strikeouts and potential wins now that he's going to miss what's likely going to be six, eight weeks to start the season. But he's still somebody uh, where I have fair high, fairly high level of confidence in him. There's no need to worry and cut him or anything like that. He is still somebody where I'm holding on regardless of format. Carlos Rodon, 95% rostered. It sounds ridiculous, but you know there will be some people out there who will have him on their waiver wire. Uh, even just today... 28 leagues in Yahoo have added him. 64 have dropped him. So for those 64 people who dropped him, I wouldn't be doing it. It must be a very shallow league. I would hope so. But in any case, 
just take a quick look, especially if you're in you know a bunch of Yahoo leagues. You might forget who's on the waiver wire in a given one. See if Carlos Rodon is available because he should not be. Now, this one is kind of interesting, and this is one where I have to say that I kind of aired here a little bit, I think, and it is regarding Daniel Bard. So he's back now with Colorado. He threw a scoreless eighth inning yesterday against the Pirates. He is expected to return to the closing um, role in Colorado. From what I have been made to understand from reading different news reports, I think that he is going to be the guy. So Pierce Johnson, probably not going to be a long-term viable asset. A lot of people have already dropped him. He's at 46% rostered in Yahoo leagues, down from 59 last week. It's hard to say exactly because something like anxiety, you know, you'd think it's gone. Now that he is back, you'd think that it's gone. But when there is something that is not a physical thing where you can put an actual concrete timeline on it, it does make you a little bit cautious. You know, we saw with Austin Meadows. Last year, he had to miss quite a bit of time due to mental health issues. Came back to start this season, and he's now not playing again because of those same kind of issues. It's another anxiety uh, thing going on. Now he is apparently rejoining the team again, but it's something that can pop in and out. So I would understand if you want to keep holding Pierce Johnson, especially in your deeper leagues where saves are very, very hard to come by. I would understand wanting to hold on to him for now. At the same time, we're talking, you know, whether we're talking beer, uh, Beard, Bard or Johnson, we're not talking a great pitcher here either way. Um, and we're talking about Coors Field. So how much do you want to hold on to them? It really depends on your league, who's available, what kind of save options are there. But I think probably uh, my, the course of action is in shallow leagues. Realistically, I don't want to be going with either of them, but it's probably going to be barred in the short term. So he's be, he'd be the guy that I would, I would look at picking up. Uh, he's gone up to 75% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He'd be the guy that I would look at in probably the shallower leagues for now um, and in the deeper leagues, of course. And I think Johnson is somebody where I would just be looking in, in a deeper league. If you're in a 12-team league, I would drop him. If you want to pick up uh, Bard, then then that would be a th- something that I would look at. But I don't know that Johnson is going to cut it necessarily for you in those shallow leagues where, you know, with Bard, for now, I think he will because I think he'll be given the chance. But I think... In terms of the deeper leagues, my thought process is if he does have to leave again, you're not going to want to have to pick up Pierce Johnson and bid on him again in a week. So for now, I would hold on and just see how it shakes out. Probably in your deeper leagues, but in a shallow league, I think it's probably okay to be moving on. All right, let's talk Madison Bumgarner. No more Madison Bumgarner designated for assignment by the Diamondbacks today. Now, this is very good. We would have thought that this means Brandon Fott will be coming up. No. Tommy Henry is going to be coming up and filling Mad Bum's spot in the rotation. This is very frustrating. Um, Henry, so far this year, has a 633 ERA, 22 strikeouts, and eight walks in his 21 and a third innings uh, through four starts in AAA. Not good. That is not pretty at all for Tommy Henry. Um I don't know why they've done this instead of Brandon Fott. We've thought that he was ready for quite some time, but they have not wanted to call him up for whatever reason. I don't know. I I, I wish it was Fott. I don't think Henry is going to be that good. He didn't look that good last season either. Uh, for now, I would still be stashing Brandon Fott. I think that he is somebody where sooner or later we'll get, we'll get to see him in the big leagues. Henry, I don't think, is anything that special. Probably just one time, and then we'll see Fott. Uh, I would say that Fott is worthy of a stash in 12-team and deeper leagues at this point. 
Uh, Madison Baumgartner, if you were holding on anywhere, I doubt anybody was except for your very, very deep leagues. But if you were, uh, very happily uh, sending him back to waiver wires and stashing Brandon Fott. Let me just double check Brandon Fott's roster percentage in Yahoo leagues. It's jumped up a little bit, uh, 14% up from 10%. So people are starting to stash him. I think it's a reasonable play to make uh, in your 12-team leagues for now. Let's talk about some of the notes that I made from yesterday's games. And we are going to start. Let me just pull them up here. Mason Miller was the number one note. You guys heard it yesterday. Um, We were talking with Nick Pollock on the podcast. He was very excited. So was I. The main thing that I got excited about was the 81 pitches that he threw. Obviously, he's a massive strikeout force, but if you're only throwing 60 pitches an outing, you know how many strikeouts can you really truly rack up over the course of three, four innings in those starts? He threw 81 innings or 81 pitches in his first start, and that is incredibly promising. Looking forward, I don't know, like Nick was saying yesterday, if he's going to push over 100 a lot, but they'll get him into that like 80 to 90 kind of pitch range a lot of the time. And I think that that makes him pretty viable regardless of your format. My worry was maybe it's just one start. Maybe they're not going to stretch him out because he's not very stretched out. Uh, But it appears like they will have a longer leash with Mason Miller than we might have originally been expecting. Let's talk Tommy Edmond. Some people I've seen on Twitter talk about, you know, he's been bottom of the order, not somebody worth holding in a lot of leagues. He's still somebody that you should be holding regardless. Last year, we're still talking 13 homers, 32 steals. Uh, This is not going to be a lot of people. Um, but if Tommy Edmond was dropped by anybody in your more shallow leagues earlier on in the season, you know, he's at 93% roster, down 2%. Uh, definitely somebody to take a look at. He was leading off again yesterday. It's something that will come and go. But last year it came and go, or came and went as well. And he was still somebody who had a lot of fantasy juice. So I'm not ready to give up on Tommy Edmond. Not even close uh, to giving up on Tommy Edmond just yet. Let's talk Johan Oviedo. Good start this time at Coors. I think he's probably a must-roster player. Now, the schedule is going to be kind of tough for him coming up. He's got, I believe, the Blue Jays and the Dodgers uh, that are going to both be coming up over the next couple of weeks. So I don't know if you're going to be starting him there. But to this point, he has shown uh, that he can hang with the big boys to this point. So I think Johan Oviedo uh, is somebody that you should be looking to add, probably in in all formats. Maybe not in the most shallow 10-team leagues, but I think in most leagues, he's going to be somebody where you can pretty happily uh, be adding him in there. Pitching at this point of the season, you know, you're, you're starting to see trends and they're not solidifying yet, but someone like Oviedo, where you're still a little bit of an unknown uh, overall, that's someone you would take a gamble on over somebody like we were talking about yesterday, a Marcus Stroman or a Wade Miley. This is somebody where, you know, there, there might be something here, despite the bad team context. I'm not, you know, overly sold that he's going to be, uh, you know, a savior. Pitching for that team there is not going to be a ton of upside for wins. You need to be you know, pretty damn good uh, to have fantasy viability pitching for Pittsburgh. But so far, so good for Johan Oviedo. He's somebody I would take a look at adding for sure. Yandy Diaz, we've talked about him a lot. This is pretty much last call for him. He's up at 75% rostered. To this point, he's been a top 25 player. Six home runs and 62 at-bats. He's batting 274. Even that's probably going to go up. Leading off every day for one of the best lineups in baseball. He's given you production across the board. Hasn't stolen yet this year and probably won't steal a lot, but that'll be his worst category, and he'll still give you a couple of steals to go along with what looks like it could be in the 85-90 run range to go along with maybe 70 RBIs, and it could be a 20-home run season for him to go along with close to a 300 batting average. So definitely Andy Diaz, somebody to consider taking a look at here. Josh Lowe, uh, you know, the breakout, you know, we've talked about him as well. 
it appears like the breakout has, has fully taken place here at this point. He's up 47% in Yahoo leagues, up to 61% rostered. I wish he was playing a little more regularly. He's still getting some days off, but it has been a lot better uh, over the last week or so. He's only missed a couple of games in there, even when he's missing games coming on as a pinch hitter. So there's still a lot to like with Josh Lowe, even in a weekly league setting at this point. He is somebody I think uh, that will be worth taking a look at. Four homers and three steals to go along with 24 runs and RBIs combined so far this year. Batting 362. Uh, I love Josh Lowe. Definitely somebody that you should be looking at uh, regardless of your league size or format. Brandon Marsh as well. Uh, it also appears like he is breaking out. He's got that fifth spot in the lineup. It, it, it seems pretty solidified now for Philadelphia. He's getting the fifth spot every single day. Earlier in the year, it was eight, it was nine, and then it was six. Uh, and now it seems to be the five spot pretty consistently. He's playing every day for them to the tune of a 368 average so far, three homers and a steal. So Brandon Marsh at 54% rostered and as well. Uh, another guy who I would say is a must roster outfielder. Last thing I want to say in terms of notes from yesterday, Juan Soto hit a home run. I saw so many stupid, stupid takes. And yes, I'll say it, stupid people saying things online like Juan Soto is finished and you know he's not good anymore and we thought he was going to be good. Ah, it's just always ridiculousness. He is one of the best hitters we've ever seen play baseball in the modern era or any era. He is going to be totally fine. Yes, he's batting 194 so far this year. That means if Juan Soto is to be sold at a discount in your league, you go and get him. I don't care you know, if it's any kind of discount. If you're buying him for a third rounder at this point or a fourth rounder, it doesn't matter. A lot of the time he was going at the end of the first round, about pick you know anywhere from about 8 through 12, 15 in that range he was going if you're getting him for pretty much anything lower than that kind of value, I would be pretty happy to go and jump on him and and go get yourself Juan Soto because I think people are undervaluing him based on what is a rough stretch for sure, uh, which has gone back close to a year. But it's somebody where we know the talent is so great where I'm just not worried at all. If he's being sold at a discount, you should be the one trying to buy him. Let's talk pitching streamers for tomorrow. This is kind of going to vary a little bit depending on your league size. We have some guys who are more rostered, some guys who are less rostered. Let's talk uh, in terms of your shallow leagues at first. Grayson Rodriguez, I know it has not been good for him, but this is a good get-right opportunity for him against the Tigers tomorrow. He's been dropped in some leagues, down 4% from last week to 69% of leagues. So we're talking about a little more than two-thirds of the time he's going to be taken up. But for those one in every about three leagues uh, where he is available, I think Grayson Rodriguez is somebody where – you know, he's probably worth taking a look at. I, I think that against the Tigers, I, you know, we were talking yesterday, he should be a must-roster player pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you're out on him, it's a good time to get back in against the Tigers. If you're already rostering him, uh, then again, there's no real downside here, I don't think, in this particular matchup for Grayson. It won't be a lot of you who can add him, but if you can, uh, it's about as good of a matchup as you're possibly going to see from him uh, against Detroit. John Gray is another shallower league option. Again, rostered in a lot of leagues, 70%. But he's going to start against Oakland. Really good matchup for him. He's done well so far this season. 14 innings. He's got a 3-2-1 ERA. Now, he did have to leave his last start early. Uh, what was it? It was his, Was he hit by a comebacker or something like that? I forget what it was now. Um, what was it now that happened with him? Yeah, that's what it was. He was hit by a comebacker uh, on his throwing elbow. But it appears to be in minimal pain, and he is expected to get the start tomorrow against Oakland. So I would double-check and just make sure 100% that he is going to get that start. But uh, as of right now, the time of recording, uh, we're talking Thursday evening here at 6.35 p.m. Eastern time. <clears throat> he is scheduled to get the start. So I'm going to operate on that assumption for now.
Let's talk another guy who is going to be available in more leagues for you. This is somebody I think who is available in most leagues. Tyler Molly, a 32% rostered. It's gone down. I don't really get why. He had a good start against Miami to start the season. Not a terrible start against Houston. Not a great start, but it is Houston at the same time. And then he wasn't too bad against the Yankees. Four hits and three walks over four and a third. It wasn't great, but again, a tough matchup. Tomorrow he gets Washington. If you're looking to stream tomorrow, for most leagues, Tyler Molly is going to be available, and I think the matchup there is perfect for him to do well uh, against the Nationals. The last one we're going to talk about here, and this is somebody I wouldn't recommend outside of your deep, deep leagues, it's Zach Plezak. 7% rostered, but you know what? Outside of that first horrendous start against Oakland, he's done pretty well. Seven innings against Seattle where he allowed two runs, struck out six. His last outing was against Washington. He didn't, you know, wow you with the strikeouts, just one, but he did get the victory, went five innings, had a pretty solid outing uh, where he allowed, I believe, uh, yeah, two earned runs. So you'll take that. And I think against Miami, again, this is a deeper, deeper league option, probably 15-team league option, uh, but he is somebody that I would look at as well. So again, for shallow leagues, Grayson Rodriguez and John Gray, you're getting a little bit more into the standard league area. You're talking Tyler Molly. And then if you're talking deeper leagues, uh, it would be Zach, please, Zach, for me. Guys, a little bit of a shorter show today. I apologize. A little bit rushed uh, in terms of timing. I'm just wrapping up school now, so everything is all kind of crunch time. Uh, but we are going to be, again, continuing with our long full-hour shows. Uh, probably tomorrow we'll get back to a full long show. So be on the lookout for that. Again, I'll remind you, if you missed yesterday's podcast, with Nick Pollock, definitely need to be checking it out if you want all the Mason Miller insight and if you also want to hear about how your favorite pitchers have been doing so far this season, either on the good side of things or on the bad side of things. Guys, we will be back tomorrow, wrap up the week. We'll look at pitching streamers for the weekend and do all that great stuff, looking at Thursday notes and all of the same stuff we usually do here. But until then, have a great night, guys. We will see you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.